This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 283, Fire Your Real Estate Banker, Part 1. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Do you ever forget about our show? I know it's impossible to imagine, but maybe a week went by and you just forgot to check the podcast episode list. Well, never fear. You can get every one of our episodes delivered right to your inbox so you don't miss any of the amazing free content that we're giving out each and every week. Also, in addition, you'll get exclusive access to live calls, office hours, and Q&A with me and many of our esteemed guests that we have on our show. You can find everything you're looking for at nyafinancialpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. I'll see you there. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. You know, I believe that there's never been a better time to be a real estate investor than right now as we're recording this. Markets are more volatile, interest rates are surging, and tax increases are looming. But your real estate portfolio protects you against all three. In this episode and the following episode, I plan to reveal some game-changing strategies. Whether you're simply renting apartments as a landlord, maybe you're flipping some properties, you're syndicating some deals, maybe you're investing in structured notes or just dabbling in real estate. I'm going to outline some innovative paradigms to help you prepare for the new economy that we're entering into together. I'll also offer you several game-changing strategies for real estate investing, including a specific strategy that helps you fire your real estate banker and become your own source of financing. So I got to be honest, even though it's a good time for real estate, it's also troubling times to invest in real estate. As mentioned, mortgage rates are surging. And as I'm Recording this, it's also coupled with the highest inflation we've seen in 40 plus years. Real estate markets are off their highs, and the world is awash in turbulence and volatility to a degree that's not been seen in many decades. Still, many aging Americans who have spent their lives working hard are dreaming of the day they can finally retire. There are now over 48 million Americans over age 65 with an average income of only $38,500, according to the U.S. Census, and an average net worth of only $170,000. Now, how far do you think that money will last as people are living longer and longer? How long will that money last as more people move to assisted living facilities and long-term care facilities where the median cost per month in one of these facilities is $4,000? and a nursing home is over $8,000 a month. How long will the money last? And what if you're one of the unlucky ones that are forced into retirement before you're ready? Sadly, it's not an uncommon occurrence. According to a 2018 study from the Urban Institute, 56% of workers, 56%, that's more than half of all workers over the age 50, lost their full-time position involuntarily and only one in five people in the study retired on their own terms voluntarily, while the rest are still working and unable to retire. Let that sink in. So your choice to retire 
is maybe not going to be yours. It might be taken away from you and you might be forced into retirement. Think of it. There might be a family member you need to take care of, or maybe your own disability pushes you out of the, the job that you're relying on for income. So amidst all this financial chaos and mayhem and volatility and higher interest rates, I believe there's always opportunity. So instead of dreading all of these constraints on our nation's retirement security, I suggest that we simply embrace them. Constraints can drive innovation when we have eyes to see. So where can your money go to give you financial certainty amidst all of these headwinds? As a certified financial planning professional, I look for the smallest hinges that can swing the biggest doors in your financial life. What do you believe is more important? Chasing a little more rate of return, chasing that little juicy sweet rate of return on more speculative assets, or controlling the entire environment where your money lives. If you're like me, you want the latter. You want the control over the environment where your money lives. See, your money has to live somewhere. The financial services industry offers Americans a mind-numbing variety of products that are surrounded by rules, regulations, penalties, and in many cases, some amount of risk or significant amount of risk and even taxation and fees and penalties. However, before jumping into their Wall Street products and strategies, it's helpful to start with what you want your money to do for you. You have to stop and ask yourself a very simple question. Do the retirement products, the financial strategies, for example, the 401ks, the IRAs, the brokerage accounts, etc., do they solve the problems that you have in your financial life? Problems of taxes, risk, inflation, illiquidity and penalties, and the value of the dollar in the future? Or do these financial products and strategies feed the problems that I'm faced with in my financial life for the rest of my life? Ask yourself that question. Do these common financial products that most Americans put their money into, do they solve the problems of risk and taxes and penalties and regulations and more, or do they feed the problems for the rest of our lives? It seems the only thing that is predictable in traditional financial products are the problems that these products create for us. In fact, the problems of taxes and fees, etc., may be the only elements of our financial portfolio that are guaranteed. Einstein is credited as saying, one can't solve a problem by using the same thought process that created the problem in the first place, end quote. So if we want to solve the problems that we have with our money, we're going to need to change our thinking. I'd like to start with this question. What are the attributes of your money? Wherever you keep your money today, ask yourself that question. Because where you keep your money makes it act differently. For example, a savings account is different from a hedge fund, which is different than a 401k. You move your money into a new type of account and its functional characteristics are going to change. So what about you? Where you keep your money today, is it taxable? Is it guaranteed? Can you leverage it? Is it at risk? These are just some of the questions that someone should ask, that you should ask before you put your money into any new financial vehicle. What do you truly want your money to do for you? If you had complete control over the environment in which your money lives, would you say yes or no to these following questions? First, can you lose money due to elements outside of your control? Next, are guarantees on your returns offered or received? Guys, I gotta say, pause whatever you're doing right now, 
Start writing down answers to these questions. All right. So the third question, is the principal safe and protected? Next, are there any penalties to access your cash? Next, can you get access to the money without red tape or delays if you need it? Next question, can you leverage your money to create the most amount of wealth for the least amount of money? Next question, does your money grow tax-deferred or is it going to be taxed in the future? And is it going to be tax-free in the future? Next question, is your money protected from lawsuits and creditors and other predators out there? And next question, can your money be used as collateral for a loan, for example? And then finally, does your money transfer income tax-free to your heirs? So that's quite a list of questions. So I highly recommend you go back and write those answers down and give yourself some thought on what you want those answers to be. Sometimes your money is doing things counter to your desires. But remember, no matter what, no matter what your answers were to those questions, your money must live somewhere. So given how you answered the previous questions, where do you want your money to be? And most importantly, what are you going to do about it? So before I go on any further, I just want to tell you a bit about my experience. Now, I was brought up to think that all the traditional ways of investing for retirement constituted the best and even the only way to reach our retirement goals. Now, I got into the financial planning world just after the 2008 financial meltdown, and it was almost like being drafted into the front lines of a war. I heard the horror stories and quickly became aware that Wall Street is essentially an abusive roller coaster that never stops, especially not when we want to get off that roller coaster. So after the financial crash, I began studying to become a certified financial planner. I was obsessed with finding alternatives that would help meet the needs of my clients as well as my own family's financial objectives. So the more I studied, the more I began to wonder, where is it written? Where? Where is it written that we must put all of our money into the Wall Street casino to meet our financial goals? That question started a journey. And over the course of the next three years, I studied literally hundreds of financial products and strategies used by the average American, as well as the ultra elite and wealthy. I looked at complex dynastic trusts, stock options, hedge funds, bond portfolios, mutual funds, raw land, tax strategies. The list goes on and on and on. But what I found at the end of all of that study was a specialized variation of a 200-year-old financial asset that's increased in value every single year through booms and market busts, which is cash value, high cash value, dividend-paying, whole life insurance, particularly the kind issued by a mutual life insurance company offering paid-up additions with non-direct recognition loans. Boy, that's a mouthful. So to simplify, let's just refer to these as bank-on-yourself type whole life insurance policies, just to make it easy on us here. Now, many have heard of whole life insurance before but it's usually a misrepresented and unfairly maligned product. Usually it's done by naysayers like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman. But I'm telling you as a certified financial planner, this type, bank on yourself designed type whole life insurance is categorically different from what most financial pundits like uh, Dave and Susie love to hate on. Among the many differences with traditional whole life insurance policies that Dave talks about and Susie talk about, Bank-on-yourself type policies dramatically lower the expenses and the commissions. In fact, a 50 to 70% expense reduction is not uncommon. And instead, the policy is engineered with special riders that 
flood the policy with liquid cash that you own and control right away, thus allowing you to build wealth right from the start. This means exponentially larger cash value accumulation than older versions of whole life insurance. With that in mind, maybe it's time to take another look at whole life insurance, not just because we need the insurance, but because we need a better way to finance all of our real estate investment purchases and major expenses. Now, let me explain how that might fit into real estate. Now, again, I'd never thought I'd be compelled by something as old-fashioned and even boring as dividend-paying whole life insurance. It is as old as the U.S. Constitution, and maybe older. So why should we bother? Why would I bother with this in our very modern financial age? So here's a quick primer on bank-on-yourself-designed whole life insurance. And we're going to use the acronym TGIF to help us out here. TGIF. I love a good acronym, so let's give it a shot. The letter T stands for tax advantages. The policy, the bank-on-yourself-designed whole life insurance policy, can be designed with significant tax advantages. First, you put the money in to the policy called premium. That's how the money gets into the policy. And unlike bank accounts, CDs, which are, of course, taxed annually, bank-on-yourself-designed whole-life policies never get taxed again while the cash remains in the contract. And depending on how the policy was designed, your money may be accessible completely 100% tax-free. So in this way, it's like a Roth IRA, except without all the government restrictions of Roth IRAs. For example, there's no income phase-out rules. There's no contribution limits on how much you can put into these policies. Just imagine putting any amount you wish into a policy protected from the tax man for the rest of your life. And then imagine pulling out five or even six figures a year of tax-free income from your life insurance and not even reporting it on your tax return. This means it won't even impact your provisional income for Social Security or other income needs. So finally, it is a life insurance policy. So the death benefits can be left income tax-free to your family. Wow, so there's a ton of tax advantages. So we could stop right there, but we're only on the first letter. Let's move on to the next letter of our acronym, G, which stands for guarantees. The cash value is guaranteed, contractually guaranteed to grow every single year, regardless of stock or real estate markets. So for over 200 years, whole life insurance has increased in value every single year through market booms, market busts, depressions, recessions, high and low inflation, and heck, even multiple pandemics at this point. The guaranteed increases of cash value are wonderful, but the guarantees of the principal are equally exciting. So let me make that distinction. This means that not only do I have a guaranteed growth on my policy, but the gains I got last year are not at risk of loss this year. So I can get some growth on a Coca-Cola stock, for example, but then lose that gain next year if the market tumbles. Not so with whole life insurance. The guarantees are a great buffer against the wild volatility that we're seeing in our world today. So just again, imagine what it would feel like to know for sure that your policy will grow and hit another all-time record high this year and the next year and the next year. Think of how it would feel to open up your account statements each year and always see a bigger number every single year with no unpleasant surprises. With these kinds of contractual guarantees, we'd actually begin to build a financial plan for our lives. Who'd have thunk? What a concept. The returns of whole life policies on their own are not supposed to be thrilling. We're talking about middle single-digit returns, which are pretty typical here. 
But even that return sure beats my savings accounts, my money market accounts, or other safe money options like CDs. So again, don't put your money into whole life insurance thinking it's going to give you some investment-like crazy double-digit, triple-digit returns. Think of whole life insurance as a strategic replacement for your other cash alternatives, your bond portfolio, or your liquid accessible cash, i.e. your safe money. So we'll get back to the liquid and accessible element of this tool in just a moment, but I want to move first to the letter I. So T is tax advantages, G is guarantees, I equals insurance. I stands for insurance. Of course, whole life policies are life insurance policies, but Unlike typical term insurance, whole life insurance never expires on us. The gift to my family or my favorite charity beats any other estate-creating vehicle of which I'm aware. For example, if I put $1 into a savings account and I die tonight, my family only gets $1. And if I put that same dollar in my life insurance today and passed away this evening, my family would get much more than $1. Depending on my age and my health, that $1 might become $3 or $10. The only other way I can get wealthy when I die is to become a famous painter. And I'm just going to say it up front, that's not going to happen, not with my watercoloring skills. All right, so letter F, freedom in financing. Fourth, and maybe most relevant for our conversation about real estate, these policies, these bank-on-yourself-designed whole life insurance policies are liquid and accessible. Unlike traditional retirement accounts where you must wait years and even decades to get access to the money without penalty, the cash value is always yours without restriction. You have easy access to your cash for business or personal use. You can access the cash purchasing real estate investments or for remodeling your kitchen. You can use the cash to fix and flip a property or go on a vacation to the Bahamas. There's no prohibited transactions. Just logistically speaking, you can usually get your cash without any questions asked in about five to seven business days. No more piles of paperwork to get access to funds or having to kiss the ring of a banker to get approved for a line of credit. You are your own source of financing. And this leaves you more time to run your business rather than having to placate to a banker's fickle emotions trying to get approved for a loan. But the liquidity in the cash value is not just getting access to money, like a simple bank account withdrawal. I mean, you could use a bank account to get access to money. You don't need a whole life for that. It's more important to think of this like a line of credit to yourself. So freedom in financing is like having a line of credit to yourself. Consider this. When you withdraw money out of your bank savings account, how much interest are you earning on the money you took out? that you withdrew. Think about it for a minute. None, of course. You don't earn interest when you take money out of your bank account. It stops growing and it breaks compound growth forever. This has devastating implications for your finances. But when you borrow from your bank on yourself designed whole life insurance policy, there is a loan provision in the whole life insurance contract, which allows you to borrow against the cash value and the policy will continue to grow even on the capital you borrowed. It might be useful to hear that again. So when you borrow against the policy, the policy will continue to grow as if you never touched a dime of the money. So let's imagine you had $100,000 of cash value, and you borrowed $70,000, 
out of your bank on yourself type policy to invest in a real estate property. Your cash value will continue to earn interest as if it had never been borrowed against. In other words, even after the loan is taken, you're going to continue to receive the full guaranteed increase of cash value and also continue to get dividends on the entire $100,000 as if you hadn't taken the loan out at all. This changes everything. I mean, it allows for true uninterrupted compound growth on your money when you use a bank on yourself designed policy loan. It's what financial planners seek out as the holy grail for their clients, uninterrupted compound growth. Really, if we could just all stop breaking compound growth throughout our lives and just let money compound forever, our financial and retirement concerns would be solved. In fact, I'm comfortable with modest rates of return so long as the compounding of my money never stops, even when I need to access the money. Now, we've done it. TGIF, tax advantages, guarantees, insurance, and freedom in financing. Now that you have the basics on bank on yourself, what does any of this mean to you and your real estate business? First, it's important to realize that whole life insurance policies, as I've described them, is not meant to be left in isolation from the rest of your financial life, including your real estate investments. The whole life policy should be a part of a well-diversified plan. So by combining the power of the real estate investing that you're already familiar with with a bank on yourself designed policy, you can catalyze the power of each tool. So much like nitrogen and glycerin, real estate and bank on yourself become more powerful when they're put together. Thousands of true real estate revolutionaries have discovered a way to control the environment surrounding their real estate properties by using a bank-on-yourself policy. So you might already be able to imagine the kind of infinite applications and strategies you can take advantage of with a tool like a bank-on-yourself type policy in your real estate portfolio. What we're going to do in this next episode is we're going to get into several strategies where we can implement the bank-on-yourself strategy in your real estate portfolio. But I got to make you wait for next week. This was just a teaser to get you ready to learn all the particular and nuanced strategies that real estate investors are using by incorporating a bank on yourself policy in their real estate portfolio. So thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your real estate, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.